This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. You want to give a wonderful clap and rejoicing unto this great and mighty God? Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen and amen. God bless you, may be seated. Amen. We are all welcome once again to the house of the Lord. And I pray that we shall have lasting experience in his holy presence today. Thank you, Father. We are still in the month of the word. Amen. And the Lord has sent a word to us today. I pray you will receive that word in faith and in confidence, and his name shall be praised forever. Please turn with me the test for today. Our anchor for the month, of course, you know it by now, is from Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. Isaiah 55, let's just take that first of all and use that as a foundation for what we shall discuss. Isaiah 55, am I correct? Verses... Okay, I need to open it here. Verses 5. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it spring forth, or bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11, please. So shall my word be. That goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So shall his word be. Your, his word in your life shall not return void. He shall do exactly what he says that word we do. And so the word you will receive today shall do exactly that. And the Lord is sending a word to you from Psalms 118, and I read verse 15, first in the New King James Version, and then we take the message version from where we take our message. Psalms 118, verse 15, the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. And the message version says, message version, you say, hear the shouts, hear the triumph songs in the camp of the saved. The hand of God has turned the tide. So I message today, the tide has turned. The tide has turned. There's something I call the momentum of life. Nothing moves in life except by the application of force. And nothing stops in life except by the application of force. There's a few that are still very close to secondary school. Is that a particular law that you remember? What law is that? You won't forget in Jesus' name. <laughs> Nothing moves in life except by the application of force. 
and nothing stops in life except by the application of force. That force that moves things one direction or another is called the momentum. And that is true whether it's in the physical or in the spiritual. The spiritual being more real than the physical. So there's a momentum to life. And that's what keeps life going. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. Where the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat. Who is expecting heat very soon? Winter and summer. <laughs> and day and night shall not cease. Why? Because there's a force that keeps moving there. And as long as the force is moving, nothing can stop it. The Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 5, verse 18, Matthew 5, 18, he said, For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is justified. There is a force behind the word that makes it impossible to stop. I call this the force of life. And I tell you three things about the force of life. Number one, the force of life is real. We see it all around us daily. That is a question every person who diagnoses something will ask when he's about to diagnose, whether you want to diagnose a man or a machine. You've been there before. They first ask the question, when did it start? They ask, as it be getting worse. That is, as the momentum setting, as there been a force behind it that is pushing it to go on. And so, take your car to the mechanic, and the mechanic looks at it and says, well, it's a funny sound in the left front wheel. And I said, hmm, he said, let's see. Before putting it on the ramp, he said, how does it sound? He tell him how it sounds, and then ask a question. I said, as it be getting worse, in Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, I want to tell you one or two things about the reality of the force of life. So when God said the tide has turned, I want you to know that this is applicable to every one of us under the sound of my voice. That without any shadow of doubt, there is a force that moves in a particular direction. You need to recognize it and you need to key into it. Now it came to pass. In the days when the judges ruled and there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The next verse, please. The name of the man was Elimelech. The name of his wife was Naomi. And the names of the two sons were Malon and Chilion, Ephratites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Amen. Are you following the story? Then, when the Bible says then, you listen very well. Emimelech, Naomi's husband, died. <laughs> and she was left. That is, Naomi and her two sons. The next verse. Now, they took wives of the women of Moab. They had to take wives before the next thing happened. The name of the one was Opal, and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about 10 years, and the fifth verse. Then both Malon and Shilon also. A momentum was set in motion. Naomi did not recognize it. There are some forces were working against her until it got so bad, lost her husband. She got married. There was a force working in that family that says, Do we get married? But the husband won't leave. 
That was a momentum. But thank God, God taught us some other things through that story. And maybe somebody sitting down here, some funny things have been happening generationally. And the momentum has been going on. But remember our starting statement? The tide has. So get ready. I was testifying here today about a career situation. 25 interviews. Better go and write a book on how to do interviews. Man, you must have seen all shades and colors of interviews. The good and the bad. The nice and the not so nice. And then something happened at the stage. The word came forth. Yeah, the testimony was long. There was some juicy part of the testimony. Juicy part of the testimony. When God speaks, God makes it happen. And I remember somebody was like that here. <laughs> I remember very clearly. A guy left. I said, I was going to Nigeria. Sat down, saw, saw me there. I said, yes, sir. He said, what are you going to do in Nigeria? He said, got a job. He said, may the Lord go with you. But as soon as you get to Nigeria, you will lose that job. Ah! He said, pastor. I said, you will lose it. But a bigger one is coming. He got to Nigeria. They were troubling him. He started fasting and praying. Why are you wasting your time? He lost the job. After I lost the job, <laughs> he called. I said, why are you worried? The better one is coming. The better one came. At every stage in our lives, you must learn to listen to what God is saying. Sometimes it may not be palatable, but if you trust the living God, who says that his word shall not return void, if we achieve what we achieve, there are some of us relationships that a funny momentum of life, a funny life force is pushing. It's just a little bit of argument before, but before you know it, you are practically not talking. In fact, you are facing different section, not just of the bed, you are facing different section of the town, if not different section of the country you are living in. Life force is real. I want you to be very, very clear and, 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 and open onto the fact that it is not new. And there are not some people who have been toying with, had a dream, something seems to have scratched me in the foot, and before I knew it, it was getting worse. I've been to all the hospitals, and they kept telling me, but they can't find anything. I was having a walk this morning, and uh, one or two brethren saw me. Sometimes I stay in here, sometimes I go for a walk around here. And by the way, God has spoken good concerning this area. Uh, if he gives me permission, I will tell you later. As I was going for a walk, <laughs> and I was feeling some funny feeling in my leg, I said, ah, leg, you have a long way to go. A long way to go. Uh, still quite a few years from 70. You've not even started. When my ministry even starts at 80. I said, so leg, you must carry me. Oh, yeah. What up the hill? I said, leg, you must carry me. It was pretty painful. So I walked walking down. I proposed in my mind, I said, if I have to crawl, I will finish the assignment the Lord asked me to do concerning the work. Uh, the leg bowed. Oh, the force that is moving in the leg bowed. Brethren, life forces are real. But thank God, it's a positive message I brought for you today. But also, you must learn from now on. 
Because I will tell you how to see that life forces that are working contrary to you, how they get changed back to what they ought to change back to. Hallelujah. And I can multiply example. If you see a child that is been doing well before and suddenly behavior is starting getting funny, a life force may be behind it. Stop it before it goes too far. A child that normally comes out and have dinner with you, does not need to be a teenager, may be a full-grown adult, may even be a child. You start seeing some changes. Life force is at play. Don't keep your mouth short. Take a stand. See, many children have been lost through that. Their dress changed dramatically. I know they have teenage dressing, and I'm telling you the truth. There are usually underlying things. There are things behind things. A child that never looks at you in the face before. Now you talk, the child walks away. Don't keep quiet. Don't keep quiet. And please don't start badging the child as well. Did I mention that last week? Uh, because I think the issue of child raising is very, very important in our generation. You get little done by talking. You get a lot done by declaring where no one can stop you. No one can misquote what you say in prayer. Ah, if I talk to my brother and I say, ah, this thing you are doing, eh, this that I talk about, I can be misquoted. It might not even be today. It can be somebody listening that says, ah, if you have what pastor said. But when I'm in the place of prayer, who will hear me? Ah. Life force. Somebody sit there with me. Life force is what? It's real. Some of us and some of you, we have an auntie oh, down there in London constantly telling us about incredible, difficult relationship with siblings. Ah, me, you, you will not believe what they were up to. How they, the particular one of them, so strong and all sorts of things under the sun. But believe you me, it happens in most places. Unless we open our eyes, come with me to Genesis 37. You know it very well. I just read a few verses for you there to jig your memory and to remind you. Life forces are real. Amen. Genesis 37 verses 3 to 5. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. Verse 4. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they what? And could not speak peaceably to him. Verse 5. What does it say? Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers. And... You have wisdom, a little bit more than that of Joseph. They are hating you. You want to tell them what? <laughs> uh, many of us were learning late. Do you know sometimes there are some times you cover your success? And I'm not talking about being paranoid now. You do your thing in your one corner. Let's quickly go to the conclusion of that, verses 9 to 11, before I move to the next point very quickly. Verses 9 to 11. I'm talking about relationships now. May the Lord surround you with good people. And those that are not good, may they have no impact over your life. I'm saying this thing, and some of you don't, because you are not innate. I know people that are innate. You see, it seems like French, what I'm telling you, that relationship can be so preoccupant in a person's life that it will not allow him to face his own life. We call it aji-baji. Constantly rubbing hard. You can't wake up. You, and it's purposeful. It's part of the devil. 
Go to bed at night is because of what they said that is ringing in your head. You wake up in the morning, it has not departed. Every dream circles around somebody chasing you around is because you have not learned that the life force is real and it's to stop a person from being what he ought to be. There is nobody an island. Oh, whatever they say, yeah, it does not matter, but it's better you don't hear what is filthy. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, he said if a king will put his hair to the wall, he will hear what he does not want to say by paraphrase. There are some times that you don't need to hear some things. But the enemy uses that. In verses 9 to 11, then he dreams still another dream and told to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. At this time, and this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars will go to verse 11, the conclusion of it plus verse 11. And his brothers, they move from hatred to envy. Uh, hatred has not departed. But envy now comes. They now know for sure. Hatred was that. What does this boy say? Does he know what he's saying at all? There's no chance it's going to happen. But they go to the point. They are aware that this boy will always be above us. Now envy always leads to jealousy. And jealousy will always lead to murder. That's why the Bible said we should not be jealous. God can handle jealousy. The God is a jealous God. Some of you have that complex, you know, conflicting statements in the Bible. The Bible says you shall not be jealous of your brother or of your brother. You shall not cover. But God is a jealous God because God can handle jealousy. For human beings, we don't stop at the point of jealousy. We go to the point of murder. And that is the hard part. Because if you go to Genesis chapter 4, verses 6 to 8, look at the NLT just to tell you that when something starts, you cannot predict the end of it, except when God says the tide has turned. I'm coming to where we are going, Omimi. Just in a moment. Just stay with me. Amen. Are you still there with me? Are you sure? Give me the NLT for Genesis chapter 4. We start verse 6. When are you so angry? Who was God talking to? Can anybody remember me? Ken, thank you. Oh, yeah, he's there already. You are very clever people. Come on. Very much in the spirit. How do you notice like that? Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is. But if you refuse to do what is right, then do what? Watch out. Sin is crouching at the door. Eager to control you. But you must subdue it. And and uh, what what and B is master. You know the rest of the story. What did Cain do? Kill the brother. And there is no family relationship if you don't watch it that may not lead unto that. I'm not asking to be paranoid. I'm telling you the truth. Put your foot down. Cain was warned. Of course, God is punishing. The Bible said he became a vagabond. Don't let any contrary thought be in your heart. And all of a man who came and said, sir, you need to help me. I said, what's the matter? He said, the kind of thought he's having towards the wife is not wholesome. I said, ah, let us pray. Ah. I said, whether it is devil ejecting the thought or whatever, let us. Because you cannot plan how far a human being can go. Once the process starts, when the life force starts, it's not easy to stop on its own. But the promise of God for you is that ah, situations will not swallow you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So point number one, the force of life is what? Number two, the force of life could be relentless. 
Once the force starts, and I started touching on that already, it self-propagates. That is why when somebody says, in a place of work, showing signs that they don't like you, don't think that it's going to stop. It may self-propagate, it may mushroom, it may continue to snowball, it may continue to increase as you go down the line. And this is usually the fearful stage. And it might not just be relationship, it might even be situation in your own life. When you start thinking that, I don't think I have control over this anymore. I don't think this thing, paracetamol, will take care of it anymore. You get into a stage in which you know the control is lost. And then that is the time for a person to now know that things need to be dealt with in a different way. Hallelujah. And believe you me, I don't know whether you've been there before. Just give you this example. And this is a very short message. God has me to declare to you. I'm giving you all this one as extras for the future. But for what you are in now, if you come in faith, ah, the tide is over. Amen. I'm only telling you for the next one to come. Are you listening to me? It should have been a five-minute talk. Tide is over, pack my thing and go. But the Lord said, okay, tell them so that for the future they can have something. This one's for the road. The force of life could be relentless. And when you get to that point, there is a fear that may grip you to know that I'm losing control. I learned that very early as a little child. I was living, I lived the town I was living just outside of Ibadan. and I went to Undo where my auntie was. And I had a mate, you know, my, my cousin was about my age. And so you all did what? I'm talking about age eight, maybe less. We do what boys do. So we went to the river right nearby. And we were just playing and playing and playing. And you know, boys, we keep trying things. We keep trying things. And we were doing all sorts of things. <laughs> and there was this fast-flowing river, but there's a lot of moss that makes it very slippery. So he jumped across. Now, he's a little bit more streetwise than I, <laughs> than I was. and probably still am. And so instead of jumping, I decided to want to walk across that stream. Now, I'm talking of stream flowing over a rock and a lot of moss that had gone over it. And so as I was, as I stepped on it, I slipped. As I slipped, the rushing water started to carry me. That memory never left me. I knew in the moment that I'm most likely going to die. I was going to most likely die. I knew. I don't know what happened. That's why I sense that maybe God wants to use this life a little bit. That's one of my four near-death experiences. Some of them I shared with you. What I'm using that to demonstrate for you or to drive home for you is that there is a force in life when it carries a person, except there's divine intervention, the person is a goner. The force of life can be relentless. Don't joke with it. Yeah, trying to find out the end of the story. One thing was true about that story, I didn't die. <laughs> that at least. But how I lived, I don't know. Or did I die? <laughs> I didn't die. Miraculously. My cousin, is, I almost mentioned his name now. People might be listening. Didn't give me permission to mention his name. The poor boy didn't know what to do. They didn't even know where we were. What would he have said? 
And there are many of us, we are facing life challenges like that, that people are wondering, will you come out? He must have wondered, will I come out? I came out. You will come out. Oh, I came out. And by the special grace of God, I came out well. Because you can come out and not come out well. When you come out of what you are going through, you will come out well. Come out well is that you will advance in life. There are some that have been plucked out of the mouth of death. People are wishing maybe it should have been better if what wanted to happen had happened. That's why when you come out, you come out well. There are some people you were applying for things, eventually got you, you are wondering, mm, I'm not even sure this is the kind of blessing I was looking for. But Lord, let me end that point that the life force could be relentless on a positive note. There are some people who recognize life forces and the leverage on them for good. David the shepherd boy, and later on David the king was somebody who did that very well. In 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 5, 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 5. So another take home for you from there. That is, life forces can be relentless once they start. You must know how to manage them so that growth will give back to another growth. Life will give back to another growth. Progress, success will back progress. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. Amen. You will behave wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war and he was accepted in the sight of other people and also in the sight of Saul's servant. David behaved what? When you get to verse 14, hear what the scripture says. And David behaved wisely in And the Lord then was even all the more with him. Did you see that? And then by the time you move to verse 15. Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved, intervention of the general public wisely. But for Saul, he saw more than wisely. Very wisely. What did he do? became afraid of him. By the time you got to chapter verse 30, that was a man who knows how to leverage. If you are doing well, continue to leverage on what you are doing well. Some of you, you serve the Lord. And because of people around you, you try to withdraw your service unto the Lord. Don't make that mistake. Don't be like that. They could see the goodness of the Lord is ahead of you. You can see many people in our generation. You say, ah, are you the only one? Yes, I'm the only one. I know what I'm believing the Lord for. I will serve him. It might not be perfect service, but I will serve him. I have some of my elders here in the house, you know, there's a tendency in the tradition that I grew up that, you know, proverbs are usually only suitable in the mouth of elders, of which I'm trying to become one myself. Hallelujah. And uh, they say the one that eats new yam is looking for people who will join him. The problem with new yam is that new yam is very soft. It could be very bitter. And usually, sometimes, they say they put a bit of a curse on it. So people that are not doing well, they try to recruit others so that they can join them. Do what you are doing for the Lord. Are you listening to me? Are you behaving wisely? Continue to do what? Then the princes of the Philistines. It was only his mates in the army that were seeing that he was behaving wisely. Next, the king saw that he was behaving wisely. Then the enemy saw that this guy was different. 
the princes of the Philistines went out to war. And so it was when they, whenever they went out that David behaved more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name became highly esteemed. Let your well done, or the things you are doing well and your success, let them continue to mushroom and to grow from strength to strength in the name of Jesus. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. Life force is real. Amen? Life force could be the good news, however, is that the force of life is also reversible. The negative force of life is reversible. Oh, it's reversible. Oh, it's reversible. It is reversible. No, it is reversible. Oh, if not, God will not have plucked me out of that water. Oh, if it's not, I will have just died on that operating table when my boss was operating me. And suddenly, I just had cardiac arrest. I will have died. It's reversible. One, two, three, four, four times. None of them could leave me. Oh, you have your own story to tell. Life, no, negative life force is reversible. Unfortunately, also positive life force is reversible. That's why you must guard that whatever is working in your life does not get reversed. Reverse it to. Oh, there's nothing that can be turned around. What are you telling me? Is it riches? Uh, they say it has way of growing wings. Uh, is it health? A person wakes up one morning. Something happens to the body. It's a different story. You know that. We're adults here. Yeah? But above all, evil life force is what? It's reversible. Let me just say 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 1 and 2 for you, of the many references I have here. 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. In fact, the whole of the Bible is filled with the reversal of bad life forces. Then Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Somebody say, Hear. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord. And that's why I'm standing on this pulpit today. Thus says the Lord. Church, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. The tide has turned. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time. Tomorrow about this time means what? And about this time, tomorrow means 20. (laughs) A seer of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. Now, don't say mentorism because I'm not prophesying the next thing I'm going to say. I just want to use it as an example of what is being said. Elisha could have stood up and said, tomorrow by this time, a liter of petrol will be selling for 50p. I said, don't say amen. <laughs> don't quote me. I'm not preaching. I'm just using it as an example for you to understand. Amen. I don't. <laughs> but God being God, could he not make it happen? All right, well, in 1994, was it 94? Yeah, it should be 1994, 95. Uh, we bought our first kind of UK here. One fantastic jalopy like this. And I remember very clearly, you know, in those days, diesel was cheaper than petrol. Yeah, diesel was cheaper. Got, the, the diesel got more expensive because they were putting tax on it, actually. Actually, the, the, see, the pump price and the delivery price of all those things, they are the same. A huge part of what you are paying for those petrol, they are taxed. Put that on one side. I remember those days, even the more expensive diesel, you know how much the, uh, the diesel was a bit cheaper at that time, you know? You know how much it was costing? Huh? 46p per liter. 
And now you people like us have seen things move from one good end onto the bad end. But many of you came from other nations abroad. You know what a bag of rice used to sell where possibly Nigeria, maybe Ghana, maybe Cameroon or wherever you're from or any other place, maybe in Asia or somewhere in Europe. You know how things have gone bad. Then the man stood up one day and said, things will change in 24 hours. I stand in the name of the Lord God of Israel. The one that has spoken by this same mouth unto guys that have come to testify. The tide has turned in your life as well. That which looks impossible. That which I know. And the man said it as you and I will have said it. Tomorrow about this time a seer of the flower shall be sold for a shekel. And two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Please go on. So an officer, an officer is usually officers. They know too much. On whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, could this thing be... And he said, in fact, oh, Lord. He said he will see it, and he says, but he will not eat of it. If God were to open windows in heaven, leave room for the power of God. This man knew enough that God can open open windows in heaven, but he didn't have faith enough to believe that God will open the windows in heaven. I've told you that before, the different levels of faith, that's of faith. Everybody believes that God is powerful. You'd agree with me. Even the demons believe so too. If some people believe that God is powerful and can solve their problem, but not many people believe that it can solve problems. But many, not many believe that God can solve their own problem. That's what you will believe today. And the Lord will sort you out. Let me leave a few other Bible verses. Let me move to Psalms 126, verses 1 to 3. And then I take the last point and we pray. Psalms 126, verses 1 to 3. Hallelujah. Oh, there shall be a reversal of all those powers hindering us. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who... Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said unto the nations, among the nations, the Lord has, grown, the Lord has done great things for them. He went on, the Lord has done great things for them, and we are glad. Oh, that's what he still told us in Psalms 118, verse 15, which was our text for today. He said, the voice of rejoicing, that says, shout in the camp of the righteous. Thank you. The voice of rejoicing, as I the tents of the righteous, the right hand of the Lord. As an message version puts it in another way of the same verse, message version. It says us that we should rejoice. Oh, I thought you were going to give me the message version of that same verse. Mm. The voice, uh, yeah, the, hear the shout, hear the triumph song in the camp of the saved. The hand of the law of God has turned the tide. What is the mechanism of turning the tide? We don't know, but we know who turns it and we can recognize it when it is turned. We don't know. I took time to find out. Um, I've studied a little bit here in Aberdeen. The, the tide as River D flows into the North Sea. And I, I usually, t- it's not very far from my office, from the church office. I just walk five minutes. I'm on D side, uh, Riverside, they call it. And you see the water will rise, sometimes very close to coming to the surface. 
And I, sometimes I would then walk all the way to the beach, to the mouth of the river or the water pouring into the ocean. You know, you saw the two rivers, Don coming in, D coming in. Some of you are looking at me, you've been about it for 10 years, you've not seen all that. I'm organizing a tour. I'm too, not too old, but God has not called me to that. I think I have businesses sometimes, you know. Hallelujah. Yeah, it could be very exhilarating when you see those things. Awesome, awesome. And I've been wondering, I said, Lord, why does tide rise and fall? And I've been reading around it. Do you know the scientists tell us that they think, is the current hypothesis now, that it's the moon and the sun that is exerting some force over the waters over the ocean, and because the water in the ocean will then swell a little bit, it will back up into the river, and that is why you say the tide has risen. But when you read further, they said it's not just the sun and the moon that is causing it. You say there are some other stars as well that may have some all sorts of hypotheses. What does that mean to you when you say it's the sun and maybe the moon, sorry, the moon and maybe the sun and maybe some other forces that we don't know and they give us complex calculation? What does that tell you? We don't know. I'm using the physical to explain the spiritual to you. As we don't know how the physical tide turns, so we don't know how the spiritual tide turns. But we know something is God that turns tides. And that is what is important to you and I. Are you there with me? So why am I spending time on that? So that you don't start looking for formulae how to get the tide turned. Just turn unto God who turns tides. And then we turn the tide for you. So I don't start looking for books. Oh, I want to turn tight. No, no, no. Turn unto him who turn tight. The calculation, the intricacies of it, I'm not interested in. I just want the tide to be turned. And the tide will turn. Because he has said he will turn the tide. He turned the tide of Israel from slavery into freedom. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 9, Exodus chapter 13, verse 9, he turned their tie. It shall be as a sign to you on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes that the lost law may be in your mouth. For with a strong and the Lord has brought out you out of Egypt. With a strong and the Lord turned your tide from slavery into. The madman of Gadarim woke up that morning. When I was praying, you know, sometimes I remember that was so strong in my heart. That, you know, you can wake up one morning, totally a different person, and go to bed totally a different person in terms of better advancement. It does not take long. That madman did not plan anything that he would change. But that day, God met him, and his story changed. Jesus just met him. He'd been raving mad for years. And one day, one day, one day, you've come to this meeting this morning. You've come to this service this day. I don't know the agenda you have in mind, but the Lord asked me to tell you, this is going to be a day to remember. Amen. I was wondering, using numerology, I said, Lord, why is this day so special? Why is this so important? I couldn't find anything. It's just the sovereignty that says it will make it happen. It's going to be a totally, wonderfully better new day that we are stepping into. Hallelujah. But the only thing you require to do to have the tight turn in your life is to turn unto God. In Exodus chapter 3 verse 7, that preceded the Exodus chapter 13 that we read, Exodus chapter 3 verse 7, what does the Bible say there? And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, <laughs> oh, Shapata, and heard their cry because of their taskmaster, for I know their sorrows. I'm going to be very careful in exegeting this particular verse of scripture for you. 
But I think there's some truth in it. I have seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. If it stopped there, we are not sure whether their story will have changed. Do you know where the story progressed to? I heard their cry. Many times we are going on about God have seen. Remember that it's always, and I have heard their cry. Can God see? He has seen. Doesn't he know what I'm going to do? Absolutely. But he says, it's those that ask that receive. That's why the business of every life is prayer. If you are too busy to pray, you are too busy. No, I'm busy. Ah, you are busy? Amen. In fact, that's a bad confession. You want to know the truth? The real successful people in this world, they are not very busy. The people that are busy are the ones that are doing a lot of hard labor. More or less manual labor. Trust me. Some of these guys, after they work for a few years, they sell their shares in the open market or whatever. And then we know the way they transition. You know many of them. I try not to mention their names. I don't want to project them. They first become starter of the company, founder of the company. Then they become the chief executive officer, you know. Then they become chairman. Once they become chairman, you know they're on their way out. Then they retire. They don't lift a finger. So that they don't age too quickly, they then go and look for each other to work. We know all the time, all the things I'm telling you about being busy, being busy. May you have sufficient time to serve the Lord. Yeah. And not busy just to look for what we eat or drink. I have seen, seen the oppression and I've cried. Let's learn to cry unto him who is the tide turner. And we turn our tides. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is left for us to do now? Is for us to do what? Cry unto him. Hallelujah. We can stop the momentum. And testimonies in the past few weeks have been pointed towards that direction. This problem has been there. I've prayed. I've believed God. Nothing seems to be happening. But the Lord says that that has stopped right now. Because something will now begin to happen. Make sure you are in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't throw that around just to, for statistics. We throw it around as a reality. He said, please go back to our verse in Psalms 118 and verse 15. And I will close on that. I will pray a short prayer and we should be on our way. Psalm 115, the message version, please. So that's the preferred version now, message version. Hear the shouts. Hear the triumph songs in the camp of the, of the, of the, of the saved. And that is the qualification. Am I numbered among the saved? I don't want it to just be what we normally do. After every summer, you make altar call. No, 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 no. I'm saying it based on scripture. The voice of rejoicing. We, you will shout for joy very soon. God will visit us. I'm not sure there's anybody under the sound of my voice who wants to remain in sorrow. Nobody. Who wants to remain in pain? Nobody. Who does not want to make progress? Nobody. Amen? Oh, where well, there will be moments in which things may be difficult? Absolutely. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them from them all. And I know of a truth that you will be delivered. In fact, we have been delivered. And that's why we are gathered here today. The tide has turned. 
this city we see a new move of God because God has turned the tide. The young shall begin to be mighty instruments in the hand of the Lord because God has turned the tide. What you have waited for for years, you've prayed and fasted and believed God and seems nothing to be happening. The Lord says, I should tell you the tide has turned. The tide has turned. Jump on your feet with me and let's just give thanks unto the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord our God. Blessed be the name of the Lord our God. If your business is struggling, the Lord asks me to tell you the tide has turned. That's turned. That's turned. You're having struggle in your relationship. The Lord asks me to tell you the tide has turned. So if you are students, you're just not sure whether you will get the grade you desire in your heart. But from now on, there shall be a change of your story. There'll be a change of your story. I was not going to share this, but I'll share it. A student many, many years back came to me, was getting 23% in his master's course. 23%. I was in that my office here, my old office. As he came in, I took a look at him. I said, man, you won't get 23% anymore. He said, hey, man. I said, oh, I said, that's not the point. The question is that you come out with distinction. I said, ah, I'm not sure I had the amen if he said it. <laughs> now he came out, just as the Lord has said. Ah, I've seen a few things in the hand of this mighty God. Oh, I've seen a few things. I've seen a few things. And that's him, God. I love some straight teachings that we've been doing for the past few weeks. And I love them. I Just nudge me so I should preach to you today. So that's why I'm preaching, not teaching you. And some of you are ready with your pen for teaching. But most important thing is that God has turned the tide in your favor. And you pray just so pray and say, Father, Father, I receive your word. And I declare in the name of the Lord Jesus that the tide has turned for good in my life. In the name of Jesus, let there be a manifestation, let there be a performance, let there be a visible evidence for all to see. The tide has turned in the life of my family, the tide has turned in the life of my wife, of my daughter, of my son, of my daughter, of my grandchildren. The tide has turned, the tide has turned, the tide has turned for this particular assembly of the people of God. Every struggle, everything that seems to be about to snuff life out of us. The Lord asked me to tell you the tide has turned and I receive that for myself as well. The tide has turned. Speak it to the heavens. Speak it to the four corners of life and say by the spirit of Jehovah, the one who is the tide turner, the one whom has been the help of the helpless through the ages. In his holy name, the tide has turned I declare. As every one of these sons and daughters are declaring this father let there be performance let there be a doing it is real it could be relentless but praise God this force of the enemy 
It is reversible and it has been reversed in our favor. It's been reversed in our favor in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord God of Israel, in your personal walk with the Lord, maybe you've been struggling and you say, man, I don't think I can do this anymore. But the Lord asked me to tell you the tide has turned, it has turned. And the power of heaven is turning it in your favor. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Shall the tide has turned. With all your energy, I say the tide has turned in my life. In the name of Jesus. So shall it be according to your confession in the name of the Lord Jesus. And from glory to glory you will go. You will never ever have that wonderful good tide of blessing in your favor ever ebb out again in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you. Your word can prosper in his own right. Even if we have not prayed, we give him a permission to preach and explain. But by reading scripture alone, they are powerful on their own. That's why I stand on your word today. And I declare over this, your children, one more time. That the shout of joy and rejoicing shall be in the camp of the saved. The saved in Christ Jesus, I speak to you right now. The Lord has turned the tide in the name of the Lord Jesus. And it's stay permanently turned. Wheresoever you have been wondering, when will this sickness leave? The Lord says, forget about it. It's sorted already. Where you have been saying, where will this breakthrough in the business and the finance and the career and the academics, when will it come? The Lord says, forget about it. He has turned it already. And one more time, I decree over you, the tide has turned. Where you have been saying, how with the ministry the Lord has given unto me, how with the personal life I need to live in him, how will he be back in life? Remember the word of the Lord to you today. The Lord has turned the tide in the name of Jesus. And it shall remain permanently turned. That relationship, the Lord is fixed it. He has fixed it. They may be slow in coming back to you. When a man's way pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. They may be resisting in coming to you, but they will call. Because the tide turner has turned the tide in your favor. And from now on, you will step into a new realm of blessing and advancement. And the name of the Lord shall be glorified. Father, the evidence of your word is testimony. Oh, it is testimony. <laughs> Isaiah 55 verse 11. He said that the word shall not return void, but it shall bring forth fruit. Fruit cannot be hidden. I cry to you, my father. Please hear me. Let there be abundance of testimony in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
As we are spoken over all those that have come to testify in the past few weeks. That the Lord sent a word unto me through his son. And here I am right now. This is the evidence. He said by his spirit that this is what he wants to do in my life. That's why Heavenly Father, everybody see the evidence. Oh, Hannah wept before Eli. But the day came, she brought the evidence. In the name that's above all names. You will bring your evidence in the name of the Lord Jesus. I say you will bring your evidence in the name of the Lord Jesus. And people from far and wide, they will say, come and see what the Lord has done. And you will sing, come and join me, sing hallelujah. Jehovah me. Come and join me, sing hallelujah. Jehovah. One more time, sing it. Come and join me. Come and join me, sing hallelujah. Jehovah Come and join me, oh, come and join me, sing hallelujah. Yes, Lord. And in the name that's above all names, that shall be your song in the name of Jesus. And the whole world shall say, our God is great. Our God is big. Our God is mighty. And unto him alone shall all our worship, all our praise, all our adoration be forever given. Jesus, mighty name we pray. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.